With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back for another week. Here at Bosco's boys talking all things K-State sports and boy uh i i gotta say after after last week i mean what a crazy week that was um the outpouring of support from folks who listened to the jacob Pollan episode who enjoyed hearing from the goat again uh just a, a lot of new listeners some folks came back it, it was a whirlwind last week and I appreciate everyone who is listening today, who has never stopped listening, who have always been here, and to the folks who maybe are checking out a non-pulling episode for the first time ever. Um, you know, it, it was so much fun uh, to, to sit down over Zoom and chat with Jake, uh, but I think it was almost maybe more fun to see everyone else's reactions, to see the fan reactions to see everyone's memories come pouring back in from that era of K-State basketball. Now, at the end of this, I might touch on one specific thing that uh, Jake talked about to close out the show. Uh, but again, if you're listening to this one and you didn't listen to the show with Jacob Poland, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. It, it, uh, definitely go back and listen to it. I promise it is a little long. But you're going to love it. And uh, it, it is our most downloaded episode since the pandemic. You know, truthfully, uh, and I think a lot of podcasts would say the same thing. With the pandemic, with everyone kind of staying home, the commute times shortening, all this type of stuff, uh, podcast listening has gone down, which is funny because the amount of podcasts in the world uh, have increased during that time. So, uh, it, it was fun to see an episode just straight up explode like that, something that we haven't seen in a while. So that that was a lot of fun on multiple levels, a lot of them selfishly. But again, I'm so happy we were able to get that stuff out to you. So now let's dive into uh, just the week that was K-State Sports. Predominantly, we're going to predominantly talk about men's basketball. Uh, as of recording this, the women still haven't played their game on Sunday uh, the baseball team, uh, disappointing start 0-2. They have one more game on this Sunday. Um, again, we're going to try to talk a little bit more baseball this year, especially if they get hot. Um, but uh, not going to really get into much of it today. Might try to get on someone to help preview the season, even though it got started. And again, they had a very tough slate for those first three games down Arlington. So, again, if you're a baseball fan, don't get too discouraged with the start of that season. 
Um, so, so we will talk about all of that. Before we do, we do have a new sponsor, and that's Athletic Greens. So a lot of folks who follow me on Twitter, listen to the show, they know that in 2022, I've been trying to make some health change. I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. I'm on the Peloton. I'm eating better. But recently, I've added Athletic Greens to my uh, regimen. It's a multivitamin. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and antigens to help you start your day right. I always, I just wake up, I put Athletic Greens, shake it up, and drink it down. It tastes great. It's time to reclaim your health like I am, or how I have, and arm your immune system. It's convenient. It's daily nutritional, especially during cold and flu season. One cup of water, one scoop of this, that's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements, or anything like that. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is trying to get you guys in. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets on your first purchase. Guys, I promise you, you are going to love this stuff. It's the perfect way to start your day. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional supplement. Not kidding, guys. Uh, We've had some products on here before where I've never used uh, and I just kind of read the ad read. No, Athletic Greens was the perfect addition to my new uh, routine in the morning. Again, ColorCast, we've been talking about them for a couple weeks now. Uh, we'll be going live 7 p.m. for an hour to lead into the KU game on Tuesday. Again, that is 7 p.m. Tuesday, hour leading into the KU game. All right, so... I, I know it, it's instinct to talk about the game that just happened, the Oklahoma State game, and we're going to talk plenty about that. But what I do want to do is talk about first the West Virginia game, uh, mainly because we won, and that's a little bit more fun to talk about back on Valentine's Day. And again, at this point, it's almost a week ago, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on here. But I do think that there's something that you can read into the West Virginia game, and you had and you saw it happen versus Oklahoma State as well, you had a game where Nigel Pack was not super efficient. You had another game where they had to fight and claw back from a deficit. Now, we've been talking about this all season now, and it's great that the team has the ability to fight back from these deficits. And again, we, we saw it versus uh, Oklahoma State. But... The fact that they do kind of build these holes, and again, it's it's college basketball as a whole. Any game you turn on, it's a game of runs. So I think asking K-State to uh, never give up a run and, oh, and hit a couple runs of themselves, I think that's a little unrealistic. But it is a pattern, and it's something that you pick, on, pick up on because of uh, watching the team and where I think it really comes down to them is it's all about momentum and it's similar to the football team where I think they rode momentum so high and when it started trending against you you need someone to pull it out pull it back to switch up the momentum almost out of nothing now luckily for this team 
you have a lot of guys who can do that. You have Marquise Noel. You have Nigel Pack. You have Mark Smith. And uh, in, in these couple games, you also have Mike McGurl, who's been able to do some stuff for you. So I really think that that is an asset to this team that they have so many guys who can pull them back. Now, in that West, in that West Virginia game, it was a lot of Marquise Noel. You know, Ish Masood got double-digit points again. So you have all this stuff, and it's good to see. Now, the hope is that you build off of that. And in this quest, this hashtag hunt for Ema madness, you needed that West Virginia game. And then you were staring down the barrel of at Oklahoma State, at KU, Iowa State at home, at Texas Tech, and Oklahoma to finish things off. Now, I've been saying 18 and we're in for a long time. The way the schedule's working out and the way the bubble's working out, 17 is going to make it close. It's going to make it close. Now, let's shift. And again, I, I just kind of barely touched on that West Virginia game. Again, it, w- it was a week ago. but And, and I do want to say this. Um, a lot was made of the attendance that game. And again, I'm not going to make excuses for the attendance. And again, that's something I might talk about at the end. But I do want to give credit to the students that do do show up because I was lucky enough to sit down on the floor right in front of the students. And these kids get loud. These kids get rowdy. These kids get creative with their heckling. So, again, I think while it, while it's fun to shit on attendance and shit on the students and all this type of stuff, and, again, uh, it wasn't full. And even folks are saying, oh, the student attendance hasn't been bad this year. Well, I mean – they're still only filling up about 50 to 60% of the, the sections they're allocated. But these kids are funny. I I was cracking up the entire time I was in front of them, so I just want to give kudos to the students. So now let, let's go into this Oklahoma State game. It's the one that most recently happened. And I got to say, oh, it, it was it was a frustrating one. You know, to Oklahoma State's credit, if you look at them at home, they beat us, they beat West Virginia, they beat Oklahoma. You know, they took Iowa State to overtime, they beat TCU. You know, they beat Texas at home. They're a salty team at home. But they play they played out of their minds. They shot what was it? 52% from the field. They hit four threes in overtime after going five of like 17 in the first half. Just about everything that could possibly go against K-State did. But at the end of the day, that's their own fault. You know, we shot 35% from the field. It, it was abysmal. We, we were 2 of 38, or 12 of 38. 12 of 38 from 2. You know, we missed 15 layups and dunks. Now, while Oklahoma State played out of their minds, they played above where they were 
we we still were so abysmal from two. Again, 40% from three, that, that's awesome. You know, but I, I just can't get over how bad we were from two. And that's ultimately what costs us. And again, this is going to be one of those what-if games. You know, there's far too many. And, and typically when you have so many what-if games... That means you're not going to be where you want to be in March. Now, I think a lot of attention is being paid to Nigel Pack because, I, and I think it's because he is so efficient. You know, every other game of the year, he still ended up with 16 points. Uh, he actually had eight rebounds as well. You know, if you if you look at the three steals and an assist, so again. If you look at just that, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's fine. But 4 of 16 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. Again, law of averages would say, based on how he's been this year, probably should have had a couple of those uh, twos and one more three. That could have been the difference in the game. This is the second straight non-efficient game from him. Now, I'm not throwing up the worry flag. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to lose sleep over it because, again, this is what we've been asking for, for him to shoot a little bit more volume. His average is coming a little bit back to the pack, pun not intended. But in a game like this, when you have a lot of those, especially early on in the game, a lot of those wide-open threes, a couple you know, bunnies right at the rim, when you go to overtime and then you lose overtime by three, it just, it hurts. It hurts. Um, Marquise Noel, you know, 16 points as well. They both had 16 points. Mark Smith, 15. Another double-double. Again, Mark Smith, I mean, he's he's great. Mark Smith should be a second-team All-Big 12 player. And I'm afraid, and this goes for Nigel Pack as well, I'm afraid with kind of this sputtering a little bit late, if if we can't get hot, if we can't maybe pick off three of the last four, I think both of them will kind of get docked a little bit. I think Nigel Pack will end up second team. I think Mark Smith will end up honorable mention. Um, so that sucks. But Mark Smith just has a will to win and a drive, and I'm very happy to see that. Um, Mike McGurl, another... I mean, he was the most efficient guy. Four of seven from three, 14. But again, then he was one of six from two. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, you can't even make this stuff up. Davion Bradford, another rough game. Uh, Casey Ziagu actually ended up with nine points, four rebounds. Um, and ironically, all four of his rebounds are on offense. He didn't grab a single defensive rebound. That's funny. So between Bradford and Easy Agu, they didn't grab a single defensive rebound. Now, I'm someone who kind of defends it a little bit because of the strategy they employ for rebounding. But when you got two dudes, they're like 6'10", 6'11", they can't grab a single defensive rebound combined in 38 minutes. That's, that's bad. Again, they take a lot of heat on social media. They catch a lot of strays from even opposing fans. I'm, 
I wish I could sit here and kind of defend it and defend them, but I can't. I can't. It, it, it is getting bad. It is getting bad. Um, you didn't get anything from Selton Miguel. Very disappointing from him. I thought he was starting to turn a corner. Um, I'll tell you this. If, if we're going to have a chance on Tuesday, we're going to need him, especially defensively. But ultimately, you know, you did you did enough to win offensively. You know, you you scored 13 points in overtime. You you know went on a run late. We're gonna talk about that last possession here in a second. But you know you, you did enough. Ultimately, you couldn't get enough defensive stops. You couldn't get that one or two extra buckets. Uh, Oklahoma State hit some insane shots, but it 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 wasn't enough, and uh, you 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 lost, and the bubble's tightening. The, it, it hasn't burst, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But let's talk about that final possession now. In, in regulation, that is it. It was, you know it. The first part of it was frustrating. You know, you, you didn't really get too much. N- nothing looked good. And then they do, they go to a review and you have to, you know, see if you have the ball. We have the ball, whatever. You did the exact same thing versus Oklahoma State the previous time. You know, you throw it out deep to Nigel Pack. You let him bring it up. Now, this is where... I kind of have some frustrations. I don't know if this is on Nigel Pack. I don't know if this is on Bruce Weber. I don't know if this is on one of the bigs. But it came obvious. He And he said in the postgame he wanted to shoot another three. And that's what I wanted. And again, hindsight's 20-20 because he gets stuffed. Um, He says he thought he got fouled. There's no foul there. Like, I I wish I could say, oh, Big 12 refs. No, he didn't get fouled. He he just got swatted. But I I really wish we could have had some sort of ball screen action, give him some sort of breathing room to try to do a jump shot instead of that floater. Because I I really felt like you needed to win that in regulation. Granted, we had a chance to win in overtime. So I was wrong. You know, we were right there in overtime. But... Uh, there's a lot of frustration. I think a, a lot of folks are just kind of taking out their frustrations on that play, on that moment. But again, I, I don't think it's anything egregious. I don't think that in itself was something to melt down over. Again, after every single loss, and again, this this one hurts. I'm, I'm not trying to detract away from it because here's the thing. With this loss, you are outside looking in. If you would have gotten this win, you would have been right there on the bubble and then with another one in one week this week, you're probably, at least in all the bracketologists' minds, uh, in the field. So th- this hurt, and and this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back on this season. I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from any of that, but trying to take away a 79 to 82 overtime loss and use this as your platform to be tweeting and saying, "Oh, Bruce Weber sucks. This team sucks. Oh." He, he's the worst, yada, yada, yada. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, again, you have to, I, you don't have to do anything. And, again, I, I, this is the Scott Wildcat drinking game this season during basketball podcasts. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do and then comma, I'm going to say how I feel. There have been plenty of times in Bruce Weber's career where you can rail on him, where you can 
be frustrated with him and really point to coaching decisions and try to hammer him. I I legitimately do not understand how this is one of them. Yeah, he I, I think he was questionable with some of his timeout usage. Um but but again, like you know, Oklahoma State, not a scrub. This isn't losing to Fort Hay State. Hell, this isn't even losing to Ole Miss on the road. You know, they they have some pretty big home wins this year. And again, I understand that the stakes were super high and he's polarizing as is. But again, I just I I, I promise you, I I even went back and rewatched it trying to be more critical of him. But again, I, I don't know what it is. Again, you can nitpick, but the outpouring of melting down and vitriol thrown at Bruce and not not just saying, oh, you know, like generalization, trying to like pin this game. I, I don't know, guys. I I just don't see it. I, I understand some of the time. And, and, you know, the Ole Miss game, I was very dejected. I was very mad at him for not getting the team ready. And, you know, I, I think he made some coaching mistakes down the stretch versus TCU. And, you know, I would have liked to see him try to do something to stop Abaji uh, in that KU game. Like, there have been times and moments where I think it is fair to be very critical of Bruce. But I just, I just don't see in this game. And, again, I understand it. So many folks want him gone. So many folks are rooting for their predictions. And those folks are worried because we're on the bubble and they think if we make it to the tournament, he's going to be back and, and they're rooting against this team. I've been there. When we went to the first four the first time, I was almost mad that we got that win in the Big 12 tournament and made it to the first four. You know, I I'm I was there. I, I was there. It was the year before we started this podcast. I was there. So part of me gets it. But again, that was such a miserable existence. And again, I, I, I see message boards. I see Twitter. I see some group chats after after this game. And, and it's all just shitting on Bruce. And it's just like, and, and the team. And it's, it, it's exhausting. This team has four games left. One of them's versus your arch rival. One of them's against your other rival in Iowa State. Another one's versus an old school Big 8 team. And another one is a top 10 team in the nation that you already beat once at home. I can't. I, I just could not imagine bringing myself to, to root against this team. This team is fun. This team is entertaining. They have characters. They have swagger. You have four massive games. Four massive games and two Saturday games. I'm going to be there for the Iowa State game. Again, I I just I can't bring myself to do it, and it's and it's almost sickening. And again, it was years ago. I I matured, but seeing 45 year old men or whatever, however old they are on Twitter, just oh, it, I just don't know how people can do it. I. I, I really don't. I understand they think they're doing it for the betterment of K-State basketball, but it's – I just I just don't know. Uh, before we get going again, I talked about it earlier. It's part of my new morning routine before I hop on the Peloton, before I start chugging water, and that's Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. I, I swear to you guys, there have been some products that have advertised with us before um, – 
where I just read the ad read. This isn't one of them. 75 different uh, vitamins, minerals, superfoods. I have never felt better before. I, I don't need pre-workout. I don't need caffeine. I don't need anything. Once I drink that, get me going. I hop on my Peloton and I get going. Athletic Greens is the real deal. Athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. I promise you. I promise you, you are going to love it. Again, if you go today, you're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. And again, ColorCast, we're going to do a pregame show at 7 p.m. We'll do an hour, 45 minutes to an hour leading into the KU game. It's a fun app, guys. If you liked the green room, and, and they're working on it so we can get MP3 for it, but if you liked the green room, it's a very similar concept. So uh, the Android app is coming soon. So download ColorCast. Again, we're going to be going live 7 p.m. leading into the KU game. Now I'm going to talk about that KU game just a little bit. Then I'm going to touch on a couple overarching things, and then we're going to call it a day. You know, I hope everyone's having a good Monday morning. The KU game's massive. Again, we, we haven't won in Allen Fieldhouse since Woldridge's last year. Um, and now the KU game and the Texas Tech game and then one game in Kansas City become very much needed. Focusing on that KU game, if you listen to the quotes after that game, KU's players talked about how they wanted to win that more than our players did. How they reveled coming into our building and taunting our crowd and doing all that stuff to get the win. Now, I I sure as hell hope that the team doesn't, the the Cats, I hope Bruce and the boys don't need that extra motivation. I, I would hope that playing for their tournament lives, I would hope going into the house of a top 10 team, number one in the Big 12 currently, I would hope, you know, the rivalry there would be enough. But I do hope they, they hear some of those quotes, remember some of those quotes, and kind of remember how KU just straight up swaggered jacked us in the second half. Now, is that going to be enough to win an Allen Fieldhouse? Probably not. You know, I, I, I think the line is going to be pretty big. I think that the you know basketball power index on ESPN is probably going to say that KU has like a 95% chance to win. The odds will be stocked against us, all this type of stuff. Would I predict a win? No. But again, this is such a massive game. And, you know, the back is against the wall. And this team loves playing for each other so much. And they have the ability to get hot shooting. And they have the ability to get hot defending as well. You know, we've seen at moments in this season where this team has the pieces to pull off an upset like this. You know, rebounding is going to be massive. You're going to need more from Mark Smith. And again, he's a 6'4 guy leading the Big 12 in rebounds, as we heard a million times on the ESPNU broadcast, which, again, I'll touch on that here in a second as well. Uh, You know, you're going to need another insanely hot night from Nigel Pack. You're going to need another night from Marquise Noel. But you're going to need something from the bigs. You're going to need to do something to stop Big Dave. 
Granted, he fucking ate our lunch. You know, I think he got like 10 offensive rebounds in that game. Dave McCormick. So, so you're going to have to do something because if you, because KU is so good on offense. If you're going to get a stop on them, you can't allow them to get another bite of the apple. You can't. So Tuesday night, it, it's it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a nervy one. Every game from here on out is nervy because I want this team to get back to March. Because as Bruce Weber said in the post game, they get to March, they might be able to do some damage. Now then the Saturday versus Iowa State, it truly is a must win. Uh, you shut down Brockington, you're going to beat Iowa State. I'm hoping for a nice crowd. It's a Saturday game. I'm going to the brunch and basketball event before the game. If you see me, come up and say hi. Would love to chat with you at that event. Uh, but I'd, I'd I'd love to see a good crowd again. I'm I get why people have become detracted. I get why people might not want to go to Manhattan. Uh, you know, I, I even get why the students like, oh, it's a Saturday. I think the weather's supposed to be nice. Whatever, but man. I would love to have a, a rowdy crowd. I would like to kind of get in the Cyclones' head. I would love to fucking sweep those motherfuckers. I hate Iowa State. Hate Iowa State. Now, there are some people who went to Iowa State. Iowa State grads, I'm friends with a handful of them. If you're listening, no, I don't hate you. I just hate your school and hate your athletic department. would love to sweep them. It's a big week. It, it's, it's, it's two basketball games against our biggest rivals. If you somehow go two and zero, I mean that, you know, again, you know, it's daydreaming. But every single game from here on out is wild. And again, while losing that game to Oklahoma State sucked, and it set you back. You only you're still on the next four out. You only fell a little bit. You're still there. It's not over. It's not over. This team is good enough. This team is fun enough. This team is entertaining enough. I'm going all in on them in these final four games. I hope folks listening do as well, but I understand if you don't. That's fine. You make your own decisions. Now, I'm, I'm going to touch on ESPNU, and then I'm going to touch on one thing Jacob Poland said, and then we're going to call it a day. Again, athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Guys, I'm... Not kidding. It's a real deal. We'll be going live on ColorCast Tuesday at 7 p.m. ESPNU losing the feed right in a crucial moment where Nigel Pack gets fouled shooting three and we don't see any of the free throws is fucking wild. Just fucking wild. Now, I have two theories. One, ESPNU is fucking trash. And all you idiots who... Sorry, I'm trying not. I'm trying to be less of a dick to people, especially on the internet, and not to their face. But the people who get up in arms every time a game is on ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus has had far less issues than ESPNU. Far less issues. So I, I just I I don't know I I don't know how to get it through to folks. ESPN Plus is the future. I understand some folks' internet like especially in rural Kansas. But I was able to get it in Osborne, Kansas with 3G on my phone in perfect clarity. So I'm a little bit dubious on some of that stuff. And again, my great aunt, who I love very much, she hated it because 
she like we we couldn't get internet and stuff going for her. Um, she was in her nineties, so I I get it for the for the very old people. But any if you're if you're able to tweet if you're tweeting from a smartphone and bitching about ESPN Plus, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because ESPNU is trash. Now all that said, I don't think this was actually ESPNU's fault. This shit happens in Stillwater, Oklahoma all the time. The University of Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma State University and their athletic department needs to take a little bit more pride in how they set up for the TV companies, for the cable companies, for ESPN+. Plus. Because this isn't the first time something like this has happened in Oklahoma State. It won't be the last time. And ultimately, I think it is their... Lack of professionalism when it comes to setting up uh, their arenas and their football stadium for TV broadcasts uh, that ultimately cause this stuff. Now, I don't, I, I haven't dug into it enough, but again, we've seen it for basketball games there. We've seen it for football games there. We, we've seen it quite often. We've seen it on ESPN Plus. We've seen it on ESPNU. We've seen it on ESPN Two. The thing that is reoccurring here is Oklahoma State. So while I'm not giving like ESPNU sucks, having games on ESPNU sucks. ESPN Plus is far better than ESPNU. That said, I do think Stillwater, Oklahoma, and the athletic department there really need to take up their professionalism a little bit when they're setting up for TV broadcasts. So. The final thing I'm going to touch on, and this is the thing that resonate, resonated uh, in my conversation with Jacob Poland. I've had conversations with some folks, and I think this is ultimately why I hope Bruce Weber gets to 500 wins. I hope he gets to the NCAA tournament. I hope we make a run, but I hope ultimately... That when it's all said and done, uh, he retires. And now if he doesn't, it's not going to change my fandom. I probably am going to, if not get season tickets, at least a couple mini packages to Bramlage next year. It's not going to change anything. But something that Jacob Poland said, it's something that's been resonating with me. And it's something after conversations that I, I just can't get out of my head. You know, he talked about how... In the future, K-State needs to hire a basketball coach that connects with the fan base, connects with the students, that brings back kind of that edge and just connects better. Because, again, it, it's, it's so tiresome to see it on the internet. And you hear some of it on sports talk radio here in Kansas City. You see it amongst friends. You see it amongst families. He's so polarizing. And I just, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think there's anything Bruce Weber can do. I think if he won the national title this year, I don't think that wins back a sizable amount of the fan base. And that sucks. That sucks so much. 
So I, I just don't see a way back from it because it, it, you, you see the stadium, like you see Oklahoma, you see Oklahoma State, you see college arenas all throughout the country. So this isn't a K-State issue. Here's the difference, though. When K-State has a team that is contending for postseason play, when K-State has a team that's entertaining, that has young superstars like this, they're supposed to have more filled arenas. You know, we have a rich basketball history. We have a history of good to great to elite fans for big games, for big moments. And for whatever, well, and I, I know the reason. They, they haven't connected to Bruce. You know, Bruce can't do anything right for a large segment of the fans because for some of them, he's too passive. He, he doesn't get in the referee's face enough. And then when he does, oh, he's whining. And honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with his voice. I think a lot of it has to do with replacing Frank Martin, who, to Frank's credit, he was a cult leader. He was a cult of personality. I love Frank. Everyone loved Frank. A lot of people love Frank. Not everyone loved Frank. But a lot of people loved Frank. And then he did have these two valleys. He did completely burn it down and built it back up and then burn it down again. And now he's trying to build it back up. So I see all the logical reasons um, why, why there is some disconnect. But the fact that it is so disconnected, the fact that you see such a sizable amount, at least on the internet. And again, I, I'm more entrenched in Twitter and message boards uh, than any healthy person should be. But again, you even hear it on Sports Talk Radio from outsiders, people who are not K-State fans, talking about how, oh, do you really want to make the tournament because then Bruce might be back. When you have all that type of stuff working against you, I just don't, I, I don't see how Bruce has the fire to continue to do this for a fan base that uh, has so many folks like this. I, I, I don't I don't envy Gene Taylor in the decision he might have to make at the end of the season, especially if they do make it into the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, and ultimately, it's kind of led me to the place where I just I, I hope Bruce gets to 500. I hope he goes on a little run in March and I hope he retires because the man deserves to be celebrated and it's just never going to happen here. I want him to hit his milestones. I want him to go out as close to on top as he can this season uh, because it's not healthy. It's not healthy for the fan base and I can't imagine it's healthy for him uh, to continue to do it. And and the guy loves K-State. If you listen to him after the West Virginia game, talking about K-State proud. If you talk, if you hear him at a Hearn Fun events, and if you hear him at uh, some of these basketball events, and if you had any idea how much he's donated to K-State, um, you know, he was the first guy to put his hand up and take a salary decrease during the pandemic, you know. I, I think he truly loves K-State. And I think, unlike some other coaches who kind of get the reputation of loving K-State, but really, if you dig into it, it's they don't love K-State. They love what K-State did for them. Bruce Weber, I think, and his wife and family truly embrace K-State. And um, I just I just hope and pray 
to the sports gods. Again, you got to se- separate sports emotions and real emotions. But I just hope that he can hit that 500 win. I hope he can go on a mini run in March, and I hope he retires. Because he, he, he deserves to be to have these moments and then to move on with his life. And, hell, if he wants to keep coaching, then that's, then that's fine. I, I want him to continue to do what he wants to do. But I just – it's just not it, – it's hit the point where I, I'm not trying to even be defiant because, you know, last handful of years I've almost been defiant. I've supported Bruce saying, oh, I want him back and all this type of stuff. Um, especially this year, been been really riding with Bruce, but I just don't. I, I think the healthiest conclusion for Bruce, for K State, and for the entire fan base is to make the tournament and then celebrate Bruce, put out some commemorative pictures of him, hopefully after his 500th win, and then go to the next chapter. Because I this is not sustainable, and it sucks that it's not. But I so I, I just think that the change needs to make be made, and it sucks because whoever the next guy is, I can almost guarantee will not be as successful as Bruce Weber. But that's all we got, folks. Again, athleticgreens.com/slash sports drink. We'll be going live on Colorcast 7 p.m. Tuesday before the KU game. We love you guys. Uh, tweet at me at Scott Wildcat. Let me know any of your thoughts. Um, tell me I'm wrong about stuff. Tell me I'm right. Tell me about how much you love the Jacob Poland episode. Interact with me on Twitter. Seven out of ten times I'll interact back. Uh, we love you guys. Have a great week. Let's ride. Hail to the K-State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. K-State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight.
Social Podcast Network.